welcome to another episode of Access Ability. I'm your host Laura, and due to the current UK heatwave, I'm appearing in cartoon form today. Hi! I'm a white woman with bright blue hair, shaved on one side, wearing a black leather jacket, a black t-shirt, and black jeans. This week on Access Ability, I wanted to try something a little bit different, and I don't just mean appearing in cartoon form. There have been a lot of interesting video game accessibility news stories the past few weeks that definitely deserve to mention on this show, but many of them have been a little too short or simple to dedicate a full episode of the show to. So this week, on Access Ability, we're going to be dipping our toes into a bunch of different accessibility and video games news stories that are all a little bit too short to dedicate a full episode to on their own, ranging from games getting new accessibility fonts through to upcoming games that we hope avoid the accessibility pitfalls of their previous series entries. First up on this week's news roundup, let's talk about Disco Elysium Final Cut on PC. Disco Elysium has seen a few updates over the years that have made its very text-heavy plot easier to engage with, including increased text size and the addition of voice acting for almost all in-game text. The newest update to the PC version is explicitly designed to support dyslexic players. Players of the PC version of Disco Elysium Final Cut can now change in-game text from its default stylized font to Open Dyslexic, an alternative font aimed at being more easily legible for dyslexic players. Currently, there is no word if this update will also be coming to console versions of the game. In other news, with the release of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 rapidly approaching on the 29th of July, I've seen a few people bringing up the fact that the series' prior entry, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, hid some difficulty-altering accessibility settings behind a paid DLC season pass. The Challenge Battle Mode pack for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 allowed players to set their party leader character to auto-battle, remove the timed button press prompts from Blade special attacks, and automatically pass those checks with a rating of good, and lower enemy aggression so that enemies fail to detect the player unless the player initiates a battle. While the fact that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 locked accessibility settings behind a paywall isn't technically news, the game came out several years ago, it is worth discussing with the immediate release of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 so that we can keep an eye out for whether or not this is repeated in this new sequel. Moving on, there's a new contender in the accessibility-focused controller space, as the 8-bit do Lite SE has just released this past week. Unlike the Xbox Adaptive Controller, or the Hori Flex, which we've both reviewed on this channel in the past, the 8-bit Do Lite SE does not feature customizable 3.5mm ports for attaching external buttons and switches, nor does it feature a rear tripod mount. The controller is a single, small and light device with a rubberized texture on the back, allowing it to be placed on a table, and in theory stay in position during play. All of the controller's buttons are placed onto the front face, allowing players to access all buttons on the controller while it's placed on the table, without needing to lift it up. Additionally, L3 and R3 have their own dedicated buttons, so that players are not required to click in their analog sticks to activate those functions. The buttons on the 8-bit Do Lite SE also feature reduced resistance, meaning they're easier to press for players with muscle weakness. We have ordered an 8-bit Do Lite SE controller, and we'll have a video review up on this channel soon. The controller supports connecting to the Nintendo Switch, Android phones, or the Raspberry Pi. Lastly for today, we've got news that Sniper Elite 5 has recently had a new accessibility update, 
which has added to the game a field of view slider on PC to help players who struggle with motion sickness, as well as a series of other updates coming to all platforms, including a toggle to make enemies visible as an outline even when line of sight to them is blocked, aiming can be made into a toggle rather than a button hold, the game's radial menu can be set as a toggle rather than a hold, the in-game map can now be manually panned around, and climbing, traversal and running can now be set to automatic. And there you have it! A bunch of video game accessibility stories that don't need their own dedicated episodes of accessibility, but I did want to cover, even if briefly. As I said at the start of this episode, the UK is currently experiencing a severe heatwave, with some of the highest temperatures ever recorded in the country's history, hence my animated appearance today, saving me setting up hot studio lights when my studio is already way too hot. That said, if you're not opposed to occasional animated episodes, let me know, as there are days that this would certainly be useful for. While none of this week's accessibility stories was huge news or needed talking about in too much depth, I'm glad we could touch on them all. If you're up for more quick roundup episodes of this show in future, let me know, as there's always small stories that deserve a spotlight, but may be pretty light in actual details to discuss. 